0: Hi and welcome to the Homeopathy Health Show. I'm Atik Ahmad Bharti, a fourth-generation homeopath with over 25 years of professional experience and practice in this field of healing. The Homeopathy Health Show is the online voice of homeopathy around the world, promoting and raising awareness of this truly unique system of healing which is suitable for all ages, young and old. Every week I invite guests from the world of homeopathy to come and share their experiences, their work offer insights and essentially talk all things homeopathy. Why not visit www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast button to listen to the latest episodes. So let's begin today's show here on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio. Now, I'm delighted to welcome Krista Rive as my guest for today's episode of the Homeopathy Health Show, all the way from Buffalo in New York. Now, after becoming frustrated with chasing symptoms and never getting any answers for her son's chronic health issues, Krista discovered homeopathy, and that proved life-changing not only for her son, but herself, and subsequently she went on to study and graduate with the Canadian College of Homeopathic Medicine. Krista is a certified classical homeopath and also a member of the North American Society of Homeopaths. Krista is a true ambassador for all things homeopathy, much like myself actually. And uh, it's actually something that all homeopaths indeed uh, share, which is that we end up becoming ambassadors for promoting the benefits of homeopathy. And uh, what a wonderful uh, place to be indeed. Krista, it's such a delight to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you so very much.
1: Oh well, thank you, and it's such an honor to be here and to be asked with all your exciting guests. I'm very honored to be included.
0: It's it's so lovely. Honestly, I was. Uh, I know we've been trying to sort of connect for a while, and uh, just like uh, myself, of course, you're very very busy. But uh, hey, finally, we we've done it. Great. Yes. <laughs> Now, you have a very interesting journey, Krista, to homeopathy itself. And uh, you mentioned about your son's chronic health issues. So mm-hmm. do share this uh, this journey to healing. And, uh, you know, your, I suppose, finding homeopathy as a result.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, and I feel a lot of homeopaths, ones I've talked to anyway, we all have similar stories. Usually it's something like that that has brought us or it's found us. Like truly, I feel we're pulled into it. But yeah, I mean, even from a little girl before my, I had children, just growing up, I always thought so much deeper and felt like just different and always questioned and cu- very curious and always had a passion for medicine, health, body, nutrition, um, you know, really intended to go to medical school or pharmacy school, like something in that or nutrition. Um, so I studied an in undergrad in, psycholo- in psychology, so always been um, really passionate, always curious with that. And so, yeah, I did my undergrad and then just paused for a little bit, um, not knowing really what I wanted to do. And really it pulled it all together. And then fast forward, I actually, my husband used to play hockey. So I kind of paused to travel with him and professional hockey. And then we had started to have children and my second born, I have four children who's he's now 19, but when he was like two, three, four, that whole chronic ear infection, like, you know, I hear it so often now being a homeopath and working with mom's just chronic fluid in his ears, chronic congestion, you know, antibiotic. And really I kept questioning like, why, why, like, why is his body like, why is it developing all this fluid? Like what is going? Cause my daughter who was 18 months older had nothing. So clearly right away I started thinking like a homeopath, but not- had no idea. I've never heard of homeopathy. I didn't know anything about it. Um, but that was my mindset back then, and so I kept questioning and questioning, and did what I was told. But it felt so sick. I felt such conflict inside. So that alone, and I suffered from health anxiety, my own things. So it was just such a big, um, you know, at the time I didn't know. Now looking back, it's all you know, kind of led me to where I am. But so yeah, because of him, uh, we moved around a few times, and then finally, I, I honestly I don't remember how I found a homeopath, but I started googling things and found a homeopath near me, Joette Calabrese, which I'm sure you you know, probably maybe know of her. Um, she was my first homeopath and she's from Buffalo originally. And so that was life-changing. So I brought him to her and she asked all these questions, like, what does he like? And do you like chocolate? And this and that, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what does this have to do with, <laughs> with anything? And of course now it all makes sense. But anyway, she gave, she prescribed a remedy. It was chamomilla. So that was the first experience because he had MRSA infections as well. It was just like a a whole mess of stuff and it was in his ear. And so I gave the one dose and I could not believe the change in his demeanor, his mood, because as you know, the chamomilla, you know, he completely changed. And then the next morning his ear was better. He was happy. I was like, wow, I have to learn more. And so that was the beginning of it all because we were told, um, you know, we had his adenoids out, he had tubes in his ears all before this. And then he had to be on like special nose stuff. Cause it was MRSA antibiotic eardrops. And I didn't do any of that. Um, of course I'm terrified and panicked because of course I don't want to do something, you know, as a mom, not knowing what I'm doing, you know, you don't want to, you want to do what's best for your child, but I didn't do any of that. we went for the follow-up and the doctor, the specialist ENT was like, wow, it looks great. It cleared up beautifully. And that was where that was my turning point. So then I was like, I am going to study this. (laughs) And so off I went and it took me a long time. Um, So just because then I went on to have two more children. So, um, yeah, but here I am. So that was really the beginning of what opened the door for me. It just answered. It it made so much sense. Like, it just makes so much sense the way I thought.
0: It's amazing, isn't it, that you see your child suffering and no parent wants to, of course, see a child suffering. And sometimes you get caught up with, oh, it must be it must be only antibiotics that are going to fix this because of I suppose because of the way. we've all grown up in modern times. But, and then you mentioned the fact that asking all these questions, which, um, you know, initially don't make any sense whatsoever. Do you like playing outdoors? Do you like playing indoors? uh, What's your favorite food? And how do you feel at this time? And and all these questions, and they can sometimes feel really strange, can't they? Because you think, how is this possibly related? And yet that's the picture, isn't it? That's the signature of that remedy. What what the homeopath is doing is is basically creating a piece of art, which is unique to that child, by asking certain questions. And, and, you know, they're drawing away of where where the lines are. I don't mean this literally, of course, to the listeners. I mean, during her consultation. But uh, it it is amazing, isn't it, the signatures of these remedies and and the, the power of healing.
1: It is. And just, yeah. And it just made so much sense again, because I'd asked like, why is his body making the fluid? And that, that's not, you know, they're like I, the, the answer I got, which I'll never forget was that's the million dollar question. That was his response to me because they don't know. And, and granted they're, you know, great their studies and, and they're great. You know, he was so fantastic, but again, that's just exactly what they're taught and what to train and what to treat. And unfortunately that's not you know, really, the issue—that's the result, as we know. So it just made so much sense to go deeper, and yeah, it does. It connects the dots, and and it really is an art. I like you use that word because it really is like as much as it's there's so much science. It's such a, an art, you know, a skill, and really doing this connection and and assessing as a whole.
0: Yeah, it is. It is amazing because every homeopath is is different and unique. We follow mm-hmm. the same principles, of course, but the beauty yeah. of homeopathy is it's very adaptable and very versatile. And that, you know, I find, Krista, that's that's such a huge, massive plus point because it just just shows you how universal this is and how applicable it can be to each individual.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. And just to think how, yeah, we are so different as practitioners, which again, yeah, expresses how individual this this medicine is and this art and the science um yeah and how different we all can practice so differently
0: so from chamomilla, you went uh to study homeopathy from yeah. experience yeah of <laughs> yeah <laughs> with, uh,
1: and say they both that. begin
0: with c hey there's observation for you uh, at the canadian <laughs> college of homeopathic yeah. medicine so how how was that how was that journey how was yeah. uh, studying and Learning. Well, it took
1: me a long time. So I laugh now because when I started, nothing was online. Like it was online, but not like it is now. So yeah. I actually got books mailed to me, binders with papers. <laughs> and So that's how long I'm dating myself now. But because um, he was only about five or six and now he is 19. But but it took me, you know, it's a three-year program, but it took me probably about six because fortunately you could do it at your own pace. And, um, you know, it's, and I had at the time my, uh, my third one was born and he was nine months when my other son was like four and five, so as you can imagine, it was it was tough. But I'm so passionate that I just could not get enough. So that school was so fantastic. It's in Toronto, and so they offered the virtual, and everything was yeah, like cases. I was able to do that, and um, it was great. It was it was such a great experience, and they were so accommodating, and um, yeah, it was wonderful.
0: It was a, a one of the four year courses that you did.
1: It's a three year. You can do. They do at. You know, they can do. They offer other programs but it was a three-year to to be fully to get your diploma
0: and and post-graduation what uh, how did you actually get into seeing patients um, and helping helping people yeah
1: so I mean I'm sure like most of us as we're learning and even you know I treat my family and friends all along and then it was probably about it's been about six almost seven years now that I've been officially, you know, practicing as a business, as a practitioner. Um, It just kind of came again, just trusting, which again, I feel homeopathy is such a way of life. Like it really has taught Now, understanding homeopathy, it allowed me to surrender so much and trust the process, trust myself, and just things just come together. And it's just worked out beautifully when it was supposed to happen and just started taking clients. And of course, those first couple of years, I think, you know, you can be doubting yourself and what am I doing? Who am I to do this? And and then, you know, you're seeing, and then it just kind of exploded. (laughs) And I think that the fascinating part is the more I connected to myself and centered into myself and trusted myself, my practice just blew up. So that power of, what you're being and who you are and that connection really does ripple out there. And you attract, I think the people that you're meant to attract. And it's such a beautiful thing. Cause now I primarily see women and children and just being a mom and a woman with children. um, You know, it's just, I just feel I've lived it, done it, and I just can really resonate and I feel they resonate and I just really love it now. And so it's, it's going great. So it just kind of organically again, um, and through workshops and my own, like I, like I had mentioned, I, felt like I did feel a lot of health anxiety growing up and my own, you know, anxieties. So that really, really, you know, all these lessons, like I feel everything comes to us as a lesson and even certain clients that come to me are just there to really show me stuff about myself. So it's really been profound how much I've grown as much as I'm affecting all these other people. Um, Yeah, it's just been such a great journey.
0: You know, as you were saying that I was just thinking of gratitude and the word or Mm -hmm. being grateful that... When you are able to, when you're in a position, when we are in a position as homeopaths to help people um, to become a shoulder for them, Mm -hmm. um, and and a means of support, it's it's also a time to be to express gratitude because Mm -hmm. there is so much suffering out there, isn't it? There is people are going through. I mean, for want of a better word, people are going through hell, aren't they? And back, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's
0: it's so it's so um sometimes one can become very overwhelmed by seeing the journey that someone has had as far as their health issues and this is mental emotional health and imbalances and and just basically what life has been for them yeah. and yet here you here they are asking for help and you know that journey is very much a journey of togetherness it's it's mm-hmm. not just a, here you go and i will see you it's it's never like that is it and that's yeah. a really beautiful thing right
1: it's amazing because as much as I'm helping them or they're feeling that they're helping me grow. And I feel everyone does come to your life. And, and absolutely. It's such a beautiful relationship. And I encourage that in my clients. So again, I get so many emails and it is so beautiful to hear like, thank you for, Listening. Thank you for holding space because that's really, we're not here to say, here, I know more than you. I know best, take this. It's like I'm here to understand, to listen, to, you know, match the remedy, to help support you. And then you are off you go. But yet I'm here to support. And I want you to tell me, like, I, I encourage them to be like, you know, if I'm telling you to take it once a week or you feel this, like, please don't take it and let me know. You know, I've had many clients step into that and be like, you know, I feel like I could just go longer or I think I need it every three days. And I'm like, that's amazing. Or their child just can just, you know, a lot, especially with children on the spectrum, I feel like just know, and they'll grab a remedy and ask for it. And I just trust that and encourage that. I think that power again, which it's, kind of ironic in a sense that that's what homeopathy is doing, you know, it's connecting us back to that voice inside that inner knowing um, to be able to discern what is best for us. And that's really my passion is to empower People, women and, you know, moms to step into that, to take ownership of themselves and their family. Cause it's just, I've seen it. And with what I went through with my son and even my, my third son who's now 15 um, which I don't think I did mention to you, he was diagnosed with a really rare form of cancer when he was six. um, Ewing sarcoma. So that again, that as much as my older son led the way that my second son was such a big teacher with what that brought, because that was on the tip of my health anxiety and fear. And you can imagine hearing this diagnosis of your six-year-old, it was like nothing else. And even just thinking about it, it kind of stirs up that, <laughs> you know, that, that memory and what I felt, but that it didn't take long to shift into surrender. And that was the biggest lesson of my life and the most scary, um, you know, cause you could go so many different ways with that. And you know bringing in homeopathy to support him and me um you know emotionally and i feel again our children come to teach us and that whole experience of which again i can bring into my practice of living that and feeling that and understanding you know of the power of surrender and trust and um what we can learn from each thing as much as we think it's an obstacle or you know why me kind of attitude or why me which yeah, we all feel that and we should, but then it's kind of, okay, let's shift the mindset and use this to grow and to expand. And so that was really, really a turning point for our whole family. Um, cause now he's doing great, but that was a long couple of years for sure.
0: Absolutely. There's great purity, purity in, in the way you've actually so eloquently said what you've just said and, and shared that. And, uh, you know, this, um, that, the fact about how patients come back and they say, you know, I can take this longer, or maybe I should take this three times a day and not once a day or whatever it is, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's so important as homeopaths because we're not, we are not the healer, right. We're the intermediary, we're the liaison, Mm. we're the facilitator. And, uh, you know, you've, you've, you said it very eloquently right at the start of of this, uh, that uh, it's, it's a journey with the patient and Mm -hmm. it's about, you know, them, us learning from them. I don't think, Um well let me put it another way. Everyone has a story to tell, right? You just have to listen.
1: That's it. (laughs) And that's I mean, that's what I love. I love it because I think the psychology background and just you're so into their into their space, into their energy. And yeah, it really is listening to their story and encompassing the essence. I really, you know, it's the essence of all about them. And then, you know, and then being a partner with them and, and going along for the ride. It really is quite amazing.
0: You mention on your, often, should I say, on, on your social media, on your Instagram account, there are some really beautiful slides, which, of course, I'm liking and uh, <laughs> as much as I can. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, they are very, very deep and very re- reflective. And and I love that type of thing because personally, you know, it makes you, it's nice to, to ponder, right? It's nice to reflect uh, and to have time to think about things. And you speak a lot about healing from within and you know this this power that we all have how does somebody tap into that power what are the ways and means because nowadays everybody is on all not everybody but you know most people i i speak to let's make it personal are on a roller coaster journey you mm-hmm. know it's it's a job it's managing life family um even a holiday is more stressful than actually it should be because yeah. of the stress of having to travel and to pack and, and this almost this agenda of, Oh, I have to do this, this, and this while you're there. Does it really matter? I mean, what's, what's the, yeah. what's the baseline here?
1: Yeah. And that, and you're right. Like that's so hard right now. And, and really, cause I think I've gone through that too, of being, go, go, go being a mom of four and just, and, and I, I think awareness is, is everything like that awareness that you can. And then it's like, well, now what do I do? But just to being aware that, we're in the driver's seat, <laughs> you know, as much as we feel we're not. And I have to do this. When you stop back, exactly. Like you said, do we have to like, yes, there's certain roles and yes, you've got to keep the house going and you have to get, but aside from that, there, there are so many choices that we can make and the power, you know, is to make that choice, which is not easy, but the awareness that we do hold it. And I think being a self-advocate and I think with the health stuff, standing up and questioning and being curious is, so so important and i see so many people so scared to do that like fearful that they're going to get in trouble or they have to and i'm like especially with the medical you know system and it's like well they work for us essentially so you have every right to question and to move but we're so taught to fear everything questioning that we we can't so even in life you know you have to do this and you have to do that and going to the certain college you have to get your kids in all these activities and it's really sad for me to see in our current world that it is so busy and i feel it fuels that disconnect even more and i feel that anxiety feeling that we all get is a disconnect from our soul like our heart what we know like what we're truly feeling that visceral, like, you know, like that innate knowing and in our minds override that. And then it's like a disconnect. And I feel that fuels that uneasiness, dis-ease like dis- <laughs> in the long-term, you know, when you're not, you're not living your truth and not listening to that internal voice because you feel you have to go, 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 go. So again, to answer, I don't know if the answer, go back to answer your question. It's just quieting for a little bit to hear that. And then again, it is so hard to begin to trust that. And that's where I feel seeing a homeopath or other modalities even to bring in remedies, because I've seen, I'm sure you have too, so many people all of a sudden have aha moments or insights. And of course they don't attribute it to a remedy, but it is interesting because it is afterwards that they're like, you know, I just decided to do this, or I just saw this differently. And even though physically, perhaps they haven't changed, but that awareness kind of like opened up like a new, you know, I had one client say, it looks like I'm looking through rose colored glasses. Like it just clears the way the fog a little bit. So I think, you know, there's so many things you can help to support that. But yeah, I think it's just the awareness of what is going on in our world right now, the busyness and that we I feel are purposely being led from ourselves. You know, Mm -hmm. that inner voice, that inner knowing that inner powering that inner healing ability, it's very clear, you know, we're being, you know, encouraged to go outside of us to heal, like, you can't do this without this, like the antibiotic, you need this to, And that's just, Unfortunately, all we've been taught. So we believe that to be true. And that's the scary part. When we start to question it, we're either ridiculed or there's not, you know, and it's again, finding, and like we said earlier, I think homeopathy is starting to really expand. And because people are with what hat like, again, a lesson and a beautiful thing of what has come on in the past three, four years is that ability to perhaps show people what's really happening or a deeper picture, you know, that we're getting more sick. You know, the irony is we're so connected more than ever through social media, but we're so disconnected more than ever from ourselves and from each other. When you really think about it, like we're connected, like, this is amazing. We're talking right now and you're in the UK and I'm in Buffalo, but at the same time, there's so that disconnect of being in person and, you know, just calling up somebody or going for a coffee or, you know, it's just such a I don't know it's just an interesting energy for me that I feel it's so disconnected than we've ever been and that's that just
0: yeah that's that's so so very true and you know with with the the way that we all live because we're all connected and like you said, it's such a beautiful thing that look where you are and look at the time zones yeah. and look where I am and and yet yeah, we're connecting and for, for for the for the for those listening to the podcast, you know we're see we're, we're, we're able to see each other of course via Zoom. And and it's so nice, and that connection is so good and so important. But it's almost become a very uh, a bubble-like society, mm-hmm. or it's certainly heading that way. That people do feel very comfortable living in a bubble, and there's a lot of anxiety around socializing. Now yeah. we know perhaps what the causations are and and the reasons, of course. But we're sociable animals, right? We we, yeah. we need to. We need to talk to one another. And I've I found something which is quite detrimental um, and is, is causing health anxiety in people. It's, and, I'm, and I'm sure uh, you can share, share your ideas on this, as and thoughts and experiences, is that people now going out have become very self aware. And they're thinking, oh my god, you know, my hair, or someone might say, Why why are you wearing this? And what yeah. little things which in the grand scheme of everything in creation mean nothing. Yeah. Because you know, I was I, I saw this, uh, I won't mention the, the social media platform, but it was a really important, uh very in, informative reel, and and it spoke about the fact that there's no need to be anxious because and this is gonna sound really strange, but the real ended with saying everyone's going to die right we're we're all going to pass away so there's no need because we're to to have such anxiety because we're all going to go one day we all have to go right that's a fact and why do you want to burden yourself i I know it's not easy of course but i'm just talking relaying about the real but it made me think and ponder that why do you want to burden yourself with little things they won't matter in the grand scheme of things you do the best that you can in this life. Do the, everything good. Do the most righteous things you can. You know, be a good person. Give back. Give, give, give. That's what it's about, right? It's not yeah. take, take, take. It's give back. And, yeah. and you know, you'll have a fulfill, fulfilling life because, and I know we're going slightly off tangent here, but <laughs> certainly on, on a deathbed, you don't think about, oh, my house and my cars and, yeah. uh, you know, oh, what about the money in the bank and stuff like this. What you actually think about is, oh, did I, did I, have I been okay with people, and and you know, have I left something nice for them to talk to me about? Because they can either love you when you've gone and miss you and pray for you, or they can say, well, thank God he's gone.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. And sorry, that was
0: very, very blunt, but no, but you're right. Encapsulating that 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 video that I saw, and it was it just brought home the fact that on a subtle level that irrespective of of our weaknesses you know i have so many weaknesses but you've got to strive right and hope is a great thing here you've got to hope for the best for each day right
1: yeah and you're right. And I think of that as I'm getting older and I'm like, you know, I'm feeling, what am I holding? Cause again, that fear, like we have so much fear as like self-expression. I feel we're such a suppressed world right now. And as you know, you know, when there's a lot of suppression growing up, what that can do and how important that is in homeopathy physically and mental, emotionally. Um, and our world right now is just so suppressed our voices and who we are, like you just said, as much as it seems like we're free and can express, it's almost, it's I feel it's getting worse because there's so much expectations on our children. Um, I just see it in clients and um, just in the world, my own kids are in and it's so hard because I don't agree with it. And it feels like icky, but it's almost like that's just the way it is. So you got to do it anyway to keep going kind of thing, like with sports or it's just so intense now. And there's so much suppression of children and their voices. And um, you know, because there's lack of play, like even in schools, there's less playing and outside time and just free. And it's just like, we're being, molded or being told, and we just lose all sense of self. And that to me, again, going back to like living homeopathically, how I feel what we're talking about, as much as it seems like we may have gone off, it's really the philosophy of homeopathy and living and what that means. I feel there's such a powerful connection. And um, because the philosophy deep down is really, you know, the core of, again, what I I guess what I'm trying to get at, but um, self-expression ex- self is just so important. And like you just said about the, going back to the dying, I'm like, yeah, what if I'm gone tomorrow? Would I be happy that I held back out of fear of what people think? Um, you know, and you're talking about my posts and I really do love, you know, I'll just get these thoughts. And I do think like that. And um, you know, trying to keep it simple at the same time because a lot of people it might, they might not get it or, you know, I don't want to go too wordy and all of that, but um, there's just, there is so much more and yeah what we hold we're really truly holding ourselves back but then we want to blame all the outside noise because of that so again that awareness of really stepping into our power and quieting all this noise like I just feel there's so much noise out there that keeps us you know stuck so it's it's, it's like again like a we're stuck inside ourselves but yet I don't know it's just interesting to me our world right now
0: <laughs> yeah yeah definitely interesting um you know that takes me on to <clears throat> family time actually and how having quality family time can be so so important and productive to doing good uh, together and individually as well and nowadays it's it, it's hard to find family time quality family time um you know like uh, again going off slightly tangent but there's a there's a drama called blue bloods from the, from the states with Tom Selleck in there, and it's a, it's, you know, a generation of uh, uh, police officers and detectives, right? And uh, in every single episode, and this is the 11th season, they always show this scene where on a Sunday, the family will always get together, and they'll talk about things, and they'll have a laugh, and, and they'll talk about serious things as well, and maybe shed a few tears here and there, but they spend quality time together having Sunday dinner. Do you know that even though it's in a drama, right, uh, a, a series, but that brings, it paints a thousand words because the importance of family time is critical now. And even though for somebody listening, it might think, oh my God, but how am I going to be able to exactly. do this? It's like with everything in life. Um, it's like when you started out, isn't it? Or I started out and your first patient, and you think, oh my God, and three patients later, 10, 20, 100, 1000, 2000, whatever. It things become easier and easier, don't they? And don't you think family time is so, so important nowadays to be able to connect with one another? Because collectively, collectively you can do so much great, right? And so much goodness.
1: Yeah, Yeah. oh, absolutely. And I think that's, again, what I'm seeing. And just, you know, people are eating in the car on the way to practice and this, and it's just so busy again, and that it's literally disconnected. You know, you're not a whole again, which I love bringing it back to homeopathy. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the whole and the energy of the whole and how, what we're talking about is fuel for future disease because we're so, you know, we, and then we go and then we get these physical ailments because we're living in such a busy, busy world and not stopping and such disconnect within the home. Um, you know, there's with all the electronics. And like, even when you are together, everyone's staring at a screen, or, you know, everyone's just so disconnected. And, um, and then that disconnect from inside ourselves, and how 10 years later, one year later, four months later, could fuel a physical ailment or a chronic disease, and um, how that again, how profound, what we do and and this medicine to really encompass all of what we're just talking about, because that, whereas you go to a doctor, like they're not, they're looking at purely the physical body and the physical symptom and nothing about what we're just talking about. And I think, again, the core of shifting the awareness and the collective, again, which I do feel many are going back to homesteading and family and homeschooling, you know, and it is beautiful. So again, what has happened is, is creating a little bit of a movement in that, um, But yeah, I think, um, family time and that connection, again, it's all the connection to self and connection within the home. And, um, but yeah, it is like, well, how can I do that? I'm busy. I'm busy. But again, stopping to think, why am I busy? Like, why am I doing this? Like, is it because like, I don't want my neighbor to think I'm not good or, you know, and it's like, we lose sense of why we're doing things. And I think bringing it back to that, to that inner knowing and discerning what is good for us, um, is so important.
0: I was speaking to a very eminent homeopath that we were having a conversation pre pre uh, podcast, and they said something very fascinating, and it was to do with just being overwhelmed all the time and yeah. pulled and pushed everywhere. And and they yeah. said they said, "Oh, I you know I I switch off from time to time." And and my question naturally was, "Well, well, how do you do that?" And they said by thinking that I can. That was literally yeah. the response because I can. Yeah, and it doesn't actually matter at the end of the day. For, for one's own health and well-being, mental yeah. health, emotional health, physic- physical health. Just switch off and give yourself time. Be be uh productively selfish, I suppose is the word. Yeah. You know? It's so important, I mean, right?
1: Yeah. And I think that's especially when I'm working with moms, again, we think it's selfish when how important it is as a mom, as a caregiver, any caregiver, any person, you know, boundaries. And that is so hard. And that's something I have just learned with my business and practice. Like you just said, that overwhelm and burnout that I really have felt that, I, but I was aware of that. So that's the awareness, like instead of keep going and keep burning out, and then you're on all the, and then you're getting all these physical things. It's like, I stopped and I did, and I cut back my schedule. I closed for the summer and cause I want to be though. So again, I can, and fortunately some people might think, well, I can't cause I have to, but again- there are areas that you can, because, you know, you just have to be aware of why you're doing it what's propelling it and the fuel behind Mm -hmm. your actions. And, um, and again, that exerts, and it's not selfish and that's, we have been taught to believe if we, you know, treat ourselves, like I encourage, you know, a lot of times I won't even, I want to see the mom first before the child, because you know that energy and that powerful connection is so profound with behavioral issues or what the, and then the mom is highly anxious. Or so once we settle that and help support the mom, the chat, the home shifts. And I just had a follow-up yesterday and she's like, my home is just so much more peaceful because I'm working with the mom. And, um, yeah, that is just so powerful when we realize it's not, it's the most like for our children, for the ones around us, it's what it's the most least, like, that's what we need to do. So we can empower those around us and yeah, and we can, and you're right. And it's, it seems so hard. And when you think about it, it's us, like we decide, but yet we feel we can't. So again, that alone is start to question why, like, why can't I just, why can't I just do this and say, I can, I can shut it down.
0: The importance for being grounded now is more important than ever before, isn't it? To stay grounded, to be, to be, uh, to be simple, isn't it? To be simple, right? There's no need to, to almost, um, and I'm talking not, of course, about everybody, because there is a lot of suffering out there and some uh, even moms are holding up, you know, three to four jobs even, and it's amazing. And, and, you know, God bless them for, for that effort that they're doing, you know, to keep afloat and to keep giving food on the table. And it's tough, but I'm talking about the other side of it where people are relatively, let's say comfortable. Mm
1: -hmm. And,
0: but then there's always this drive for the next big thing, but, it's just nice, isn't it? Just to be simple sometimes and say, yeah. "I got it." You know, I have. A, I have a car, for example, or we're able to eat, even if it's one or two meals a day. That it goes back to gratitude, right? It just yeah. just being humble and and being grateful for for everything that you have, right? So important, yeah. isn't it? Never look mm-hmm. up. I'm taught. I was taught never look up. Always look down. Never look up at the next stage. Always look down. That yeah. you know how fortunate you are and be grateful and and pay back by being by serving humanity right by giving back to people yeah. as much as you physically can
1: yeah yeah you're right and, and, and just to point to like you said the moms or people anybody that you have you have three jobs and you have kids and yeah there is so so much um and even then support you know can be there but yeah i mean absolutely that's there is so much suffering but then you're right. There's so many of us that are just going, 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 and it's always the next thing. Like you just said, um, because it's I was just thinking about this the other day about writing, and I love to write and and um, explore all these things that we're never present. You know, wherever we, there's always something, the next thing. So then we're never truly present because we're always looking ahead because it was never enough. And again, that's a disconnect, you know, when we just keep going and going and going instead of being and the grounding and, and just being. And that's the hardest thing. And it's the, the, so such the most simple thing when you think about it. Like we don't need anything. You just be in your body, in grounded. And that is so hard um, for people to do.
0: Uh, Krista, you have a particular passion for helping children with their chronic Health and behavioral problems, and behavioral problems include, of course, emotional imbalances or disturbances, mental health conditions, and of course, women's health. So, do tell us more about uh, how you go about that, and and you know what's sort of involved, and and what what you sort of uh, support them with.
1: Yeah, well, and like I said, the connection between moms So, I offer a lot of times, and I encourage mom and child together, and either do the mom first, because again, child, especially with behavior, well, any chronic issue. That the stress being a mom, I understand that, like how it's so hard. To, you, you feel so out of sorts when you see your child suffering, there's nothing worse, you know, than seeing your child either with a mental, emotional issue, physical, or they're sick all the time. Um, so to support the mom, it's so, so important. Um, so to offer that as well to get, so you're in a space and have strength. So physically you can withstand the care you need to give and mental, emotional is huge. So they can feel that and that vibrates outward to that calmness. That you can feel. Um, and children too. Yeah. I see again back to that suppression and what's it, the expectations in our current world. It's just. Unfortunate and sad to see all these, you know, diagnosis happening happening of, of focus and attention and you know, but then you look around again, stop to think, is it really the child? Or look around how different it was from 20 years ago, from five years ago, even it just keeps escalating and the pressure and the academic um, you know, expectations. And even in my own daughter, I'm seeing them push like stuff that they did in, in grade six down to grade four. And it's like, why? So, and then and then they're and they go through it like this, like super fast, and then they don't go out to play as much. And there's no imaginary and there's no, the creativity is being lost. But, and then all of a sudden here, my kid can't sit down and focus, fix them <laughs> So my passion is to how open that and sometimes, yes, there are, as you know, like clear things and aggression and, um, which again, it, you look at the whole picture of what is going on in the home. First of all, the energy within the home, um, past traumas, if there's divorce and of course, looking at the, you know, past, you know, preg- during pregnancy and even before, but those behavior issues just to stop to look around and really what's going on. And is it really like, what if we shifted a few things or, and again, well, like I can't, I can't homeschool my kid. I can't do that. And so that's again, the conflict and it's so tough right now because people don't have other options and they have to put their child in traditional school. And then they're being told, well, they can't, they're not learning and they're behind and they're this and that. And then, you know, it's just like a never ending, you know, train of medications and all of that. So my passion is kind of to encourage that for one second of all, Just the overuse of medications on our children is really, really uh, frustrating for me um, with what I've gone through too, and to understand, to educate. It's really about educating the mom to take power into their home and you know, even giving a fever, we're just taught right away to give it Tylenol and, you know, and all these things. And it's like, but understand why, like what's going on in the body. So to really empower moms to look at, you know, even if it's an acute issue, which typically is rooted from something chronic um, and then to explain that too, and not be on lifelong medications and just to, I want children to thrive and to self-express and, you know um, so just really, yeah, it's just so important for our future and to educate the mom well, and, and father, but yeah, you just typically, it's the mom, you know, that's coming. So
0: what, uh, what's your understanding on the rise of mental health conditions in, in youngsters, you know, children now, yeah. even as, as 10 years of age are experiencing, um, yeah. mental health conditions. And, and these are, these include social anxiety, cl- anxiety generally amongst people away from, even from away from people. And, uh, the need that or the inability to express themselves properly, uh, to engage. Um, procrastination seems to be on the rise. Uh, what's, uh, what's your insight?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, for one, electronics, <laughs> social media devices, because I just see it in my own family and my kids. And it's like, again, it's hard, because as a mom, I'm like, Oh, I can't stand these things. But yet, that's, just our world. You know, you can't, you got to again, adapt, but within that, it, and it's so tough, but I think, yeah, there's so much connection in that device that we're almost, we're being so led outside of ourselves. We're disconnected literally, but yet we're in another world. Like it doesn't even exist. Like it's real, but it's not real. Yeah. Like it's not our current world. So I think that there, that's there's, it's just so, um, so much confusion. I think that you're in, in this virtual world, essentially, you know, checking and then comparing, like you said, like my hair and this, and as you know, people post all the wonderful things and how beautiful things are and that's what you compare. And even as grownups, you know, and, and women in general seeing these things, but yeah, for kids, I think that is really a deep, um, a deep thing um, because they, they have access to so much and we can't control, we're not sure even what they're even watching and seeing half the time. And as you know, it, you can find anything <laughs> and yeah. a lot of things are not appropriate and that just can fuel something, perhaps a susceptibility that's already there. And then what's going on in the home boundaries. I think boundaries are so important for everybody, for kids. And I feel there's just so much lack of boundaries that like there's no structure But even though there is structure, because we're constantly doing so it's almost, again, a conflict that here you have to do this, like we're so overscheduled, our kids are so overscheduled, again, no time to be matched with this immersion into this electronic world It's just a setup for, um, yeah, no self expression, no creativity, no freedom just to be and be bored, like kids, I'm bored, like they can't be bored anymore. And I think. As a parent, we fuel that too because for some reason we're becoming taught, like we have to entertain our kids all the time. We have to find something to do, or, you know, and it's just, why can't they just go on their bike and go ride? But again, we, no one feels safe to do that anymore. So it's just unfortunate, I guess, the fear. I think fear is so, so big, um, you know, fueling in the parents themselves and fear of, even in the health world, which could be a whole other topic. You know, you can't do this, the EMFs, this, and nebidils and parasites and the ego. And it's just, there's so much fear. Um, You don't know what to do. And I think the kids feel that. Like I think kids like pets, like we all are born as a pure energetic, we just feel and know. And then we slowly, not that we lose it, it gets buried. I think we get layered and layered and layered. And that fuels that disconnect, which again, fuels future disease and chronic illness. But yeah, to go back to answer, I don't know if I really answered your question on the kids. (laughs) I think it just becomes so layered, you know, with all this noise and the electronics and disconnect. And because the parents now too are in that world too. Um, It's, it's tough. It's just, and the expectations, um, there's so much expectations and not enough like free time to be to be yourself. And you don't know how to be yourself Or like, I don't even know who I am.
0: I wonder when I, I was growing up and now at my ripe old age, uh, don't worry, I'm not going to share how old I am. but uh, I'm definitely older than I was <laughs> last year, certainly. But uh, um, I have memories. I have memories of falling off my bike. You know, yeah. I have memories of going swimming and and riding the bicycle, um, traveling long distances with my parents in the car. We're going somewhere, picnics, and all the good things. Right, the yeah. things that you do. So I often worry: what are the modern children? going to have memories about because the only memories that sometimes we can see I'm not saying this is everyone but you, you do see it around right is that my memory was that you know I was used to have an Instagram account or I was on on TikTok and and really I'm genuinely saying what what are the memories yeah, where are they right? you know yeah. where are the celebrations and the parties and and the fun and the get-togethers and the Sunday dinners and and whatever it is yeah. that or the, going out bowling, going to a bowling alley, or yeah. even going to watch a film together, you know?
1: That's it. And no one goes to watch movies anymore. And that's yeah. really back to, which I just had this conversation. So my kids are really aware, because we discuss this all the time. But my 15-year-old, um, <clears throat> he just seems, because I have a 21-year-old, and she kind of, and my 19-year-old, and they grew up more without electronics. So they didn't really start to come until they were past that. And I see a very, very big difference with him. Yeah. And then my I have a 10-year-old, too. Very big difference with their fidgetiness and their, you know, sitting still, and because they were kind of brought into this. But it's instant gratification. Like, that's what our, like, how, like, I remember I was just sharing all this. You had to wait till a Friday night at eight o'clock to watch your show. You know, and now it's just like, boom, you can sit and watch five episodes in one shot. And then that's keeping them from going to play because there's just so much instant gratification or, or going and you had to get on your bike and go knock on a door to see if someone could play or pick up a phone. And now it's like, just text like, Hey, or they can check their location of their friends. And <laughs> it's like, well, no, they're not. Oh, that's,
0: that's It's, creepy. Like, <laughs> it's so true.
1: creepy. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, look, my friend's here. And you can see that. I'm like, this is creepy. <laughs> um, but yeah, the instant gratification is just everything. Like, boom you've got what you want you know and there's just and I think that leads to laziness which I hate to put it that strongly but kind of is like no one wants to work no one like to put that hard work in it's like our kids are just like looking up to go write an essay do you remember going to the library you had to take out 10 books, along them home, look it up. And, you know, it was so much, or even when I began repertorizing all by hand, like that's when I, st- now clearly you plug it in and you're done in a minute, you can find what you're looking for, but just that is gone now. And they don't even know what that is <laughs> to yeah. do all that. And I mean, and even my son too, cause I, you know, I was like a, t- a young teen in the eighties or like 10 in the eighties and stuff. So I'm like, he's like I wish I grew up in the 80s you know especially watching like some shows because they love 80s music and and I'm like you know it really is it was such a great great time it's just the the style the music and just the freedom and and he's like I wish I lived then because I think he he feels like he can feel that and I think that's really a deep awareness in him that he sees you know that this disconnect you know in our world
0: I love the eighties. I'm sure you probably uh, are aware that I do because the backing soundtracks I usually use are from the eighties. And, and oh, it's my favorite. My I love, I love it. You know, I it love was, the 80s, yeah. it was clean, pure, wasn't it? Uh, it's just
1: such upbeat. Mu- and even he's yeah. listening to the music. Cause now the music is just so like low vibe. And, and yeah. he's like, music was just, you feel so good. I'm like, you do. It's just so fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now on a slightly lighter note, uh, what hobbies uh do you take part in now you know i ask a lot of the guests on the podcast about their hobbies and i've had everything from walking hiking plate spinning pottery <laughs> uh reading uh gardening um and and so many other things which are which are quite similar but very yeah. sort of uh, different i in fact i had a recently a cello player so that was a hobby playing the cello so uh, do share what do you do in your downtime and, uh, and, uh, you know, what you get up to as such?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I love to exercise. I, I've always loved, you know, training and physical like running yoga. So I, I mean, I definitely will be doing that. Um, reading absolutely. (laughs) And again, talking about the busyness, I'm so, I'm so passionate about reading, you know, what we read about and all that, but then trying just to get to a fictional summer book. And that's been, again, uh, the awareness has been hard for me just to sit down and read something fun. And so really that awareness I'm pushing that way. So just summer, light summer reading, um, Painting. I just started, not that I I don't paint, I'm not a, but I enjoy that. And so that I just got my daughter and I, um, some watercolors. And I'm like, I just, again, I think, you know, that connection to self, what I'm really trying to slow down. And we, and it was so beautiful to do, sit down and it was so meditative and just lost in the moment. And so that I really feel is my new hobby. I'm going to start doing that more. I really enjoy that, even though it's nothing to be uh, framing and hanging up properly, but <laughs> just the whole, um, again, self-expression and just being flow and um, and cooking. I love to cook. Um, so I love, yeah, I like to be in the kitchen.
0: Here's an idea, some watercolors, right? Of a bottle of arnica and Belladonna and Costa. Mm. Honestly, they put them up on your slides, just a nice, nice watercolor of it. I haven't seen those before anyway. It's just a thought. Yeah. I'm I'm notoriously bad at giving ideas. um, (laughs) uh, It was an idea and I had to share it. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Krista, it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, have you on the podcast. So if uh, anyone does want to connect, uh, do give out your website.
1: Yeah, it's just um, com. So very simple, and um, all the information is there too. With you know about me and booking, and then um, Instagram, it's Krista dot Homeopathy,
0: and Brilliant. yeah, great. It's it's a it's a great pleasure to have you on, and hopefully, I hope in the near future you will come back and we can talk some more. It's been, yeah, it's been such a delight. Thank that. you so much.
1: I would love that, and thank you so much for having me.
0: I do hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of the Homeopathy Health Show. Please do support the show by clicking follow on my socials. Remember the more exposure the podcast receives, the better for homeopathy around the world. You can find me on Instagram by searching for at like underscore treats like. And on both Facebook and TikTok by searching for at like treats like. So let's promote the voice of homeopathy on radio and podcast around the world together. Don't forget to visit me online at www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast tab. Here you'll be able to see all the guests that have joined me on the show so far. And of course, you can stream on demand the latest episode to your mobile, tablet or PC. Until next time, stay safe and take care.